What's good, Revolutionary? Roy Scott, who is the co-founder of Healthy Hip Hop. But I, I, I got to ask you a question, and you, you know, you started to expound on it. But brother, what's your revolution? So my revolution is just that Healthy Hip Hop is is hip hop for children and families, and it's almost like taking hip hop back to its roots, but in a way that's relevant to what's happening right now. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolutionary? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. Show for men and the people who love them. We discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. What's good, revolutionaries? What's good? What's good? I remember back in the day, you know, growing, growing up uh, in the 70s and 80s and early 90s and... All of a sudden, there was this genre of music that was different. It was, you know, it wasn't R&B, it wasn't pop, it wasn't rock, it was, it was rap. You know, it's, it's got this name hip hop now, but it was, it was rap when I was growing up. And you know, I grew up with Run DMC and LL Cool J and Jam Master J and rap, uh, you know, all of the things. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the brother. Uh, I love basketball. I can't even think of his name right now. It's so bad. Public Enemy. It's it's rap. It's horrible. I can't remember his name. You know, we playing basketball. You know, Curtis Blow. You all remember? Yeah, there it is. There it is. Curtis Blow. I knew I, you, you heard the voice. I'm gonna introduce him in a second. But that's right, Curtis Blow. I grew up in you know what I think is the heyday of hip hop, and in, in its you know in its infancy, it is what it is what carried my childhood. It's what carried my youth. It is what has carried me as an adult. Hip hop has been has been my panacea it has been my motivation it has been my you know everything i can i can turn on something that reminds me of my childhood something that reminds me of my activism in college you know as i think about that hip hop has been a part of who i am and for so many folks right it's not just me whether you're white black you know asian latino hip hop is a part of the culture and as we have grown, as a as we've grown as a population, hip hop has been juxtaposed into everyone's life. But thinking about what it looks like for our kids coming up behind us, and hip hop has taken on a number of forms. You know, we've we've seen trap music, we've seen hardcore hip hop, we've seen West Coast, we've seen East Coast hip hop, all of the things. But what happens when our youth get to it? Right. What happens when they're looking for something that doesn't have all of, you know, some of the language that might be curt and misogynistic and vulgar? What happens when we start going out and looking for the Talib Kualis or the commons and there's not enough of that music there? We go and we go and create it. And I met this brother. Uh, I met this brother, Roy Scott, a couple of weeks ago, and I was thoroughly impressed with this brother. I was like, wait a minute, he's talking about healthy hip-hop. And we've been talking about healthy masculinity on the show here for six years. And, like, there's got to be this correlation between healthy masculinity and, and finding revolution and healthy hip-hop. And I watched this brother pitch, you know, and me being in, you know, venture capital and entrepreneurship, pitching is an art. You know, pitching is an art where you have to get on stage and you have to say, what you have to say in a manner that encapsulates folks, that brings them in and says, you know what? I want to be a part of your journey. And that's what Roy Scott did. And I want to introduce him, Roy Scott, who is the co-founder of Healthy Hip Hop, 
a dope brother who is doing amazing things. He is a revolutionary in how he's trying to ensure that our children have an opportunity to bring hip hop into how they're growing and learning in school. So, Roy, what's good, brother? What's what's good with you? Oh, man, everything. So excited to be here with, with the doc, man. Bless. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. We 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 love to ask this question, but you know, just how are you? Like how how are you? Like do a little deep dive and, and talk about what's going on with you. How are you and how are you doing in your life and, and what's what's impacting your joy these days? <clears throat> well, um I'm actually I'm doing really well. I'm just for me, uh what's very important is my mental health and my spiritual health mm. and my family and making sure they're, you know, um well taken care of and we and I can be the man I need to be. That's where my real revolution is like being a family man. Cause I, I came up in a, in a broken home. So overall I'm doing really well. I feel fortunate that I'm doing, I'm able to do what I love to do. And, uh, as my business, you know, entrepreneurship is also something that is, is uh, a little bit of my family, but not, not a lot. So to be an entrepreneur, to do what I love to do and, um, to be, to be with my family and ultimately my mental health. Right now I'm well, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on point and I'm just in tune with God and I'm really thankful right now. That's a beautiful thing, man. And it's, it is very, very interesting as you say that because um, mental health, mental health, we're in, you know, at the recording of this show that we are ending November. It's November 30th. Um, we're ending November and we talk about men's mental health Um and what that means for us and to be mentally well. Before I even ask our sister to question, what are the things that you're doing, right? If pull back a little bit. What do you think? Because we have to be deliberate and intentional about our mental well-being. Is there something that you're doing, right? Uh, you know, you said God and your family. I know they're a part of this. Is there something that you're doing to maintain this wellness, this mental wellness on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis that allows you to maintain this, this stasis of mental well-being? Yeah, it's a daily thing because every day you really have to, it's a battle, you know, so it's a battle for, for your peace and battle for your mental wellness. So daily, what I do is I do a lot of um, meditation. I stretch, you know, quite a bit, you know, keeping my body in tune uh, I'm reading the word. I'm also just reading like books, uh, a couple books that really been sticking out with me lately is like the, the four agreements, um, mm. you know, um, thinking grow rich, things like that to where now I'm practicing like daily affirmations. So I don't sound like a whole bunch of things, but I try to do them in like, I call them like five minutes of faith. So I try to lock in like if I could do five minutes of just meditation to start my day, you know, five to 10 minutes of stretching. You know, five to ten minutes of daily affirmations, writing, journaling, writing them down. So some days are better than other, but these are some of my kind of like my foundational things that I have to do daily to keep myself on track and to battle. You know, because a lot of the times, even though I say I'm well, a lot of the times it can start turning left or right on me, and I have to, yes. I have to fight right. to keep my focus and my faith, you know, and, and my mental health on point. And it's a beautiful thing. And thank you for sharing that. Um, my good friend, Dr. Elijah Beatty, a board certified cardiologist down in Charlotte, talks about the miracle morning. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. And it's that miracle morning where typically it's it's 10 minutes, it's 60 minutes in an hour, but reading, meditation, exercise, journaling, um, as a part of this miracle morning. And 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 when he's on when he's on his 
on his stuff, he does his miracle morning every every day, and he talks about the benefits of having a practice, right? A, a practice of having these affirmations with yourself. The practices of, of reading something that is is uplifting and motivating, but also thought provoking. Uh, spending time with your body and your mind. I want to pull one thing out of this that you're saying, Roy, that I think is important. Is that what are the affirmations that black men need? I, and I don't want you know, if you don't want to get personal, it's okay. But I, I want you to at least take it to a higher level. What are some of the affirmations that black men need to say to themselves to make sure that they can walk out into the world being the revolutionary, they're being their best revolutionary selves? Right. For me, a lot of it is tied into the scriptures. And I don't, you know, I'm a man of faith and I don't really, I don't have any judgment against anybody's specific religion. But for me, it is really tied into the scripture. So I started by saying, you know, I'm destined for greatness. You know, I'm blessed mm-hmm. by the best. I'm walking into a glorious destiny. Um, I talk about how the Lord has blessed us with a spirit of love and power of a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. Because a lot of the time, you know, the fear and different things, yeah. especially when you're branching out to, you know, if you're starting a company or if you're just starting your family or, you know, just everyday life stuff, like a lot of the time fear creeps in. So I have to continuously like say those things to combat some of those fears and doubts and different things that try to attack me. Uh, so on a high level, like that's some of the stuff that I'm really continuously daily saying to myself and also like really pre- projecting who I am. So every day I'm saying, you know, I am a, uh, a mobile in, in hip hop and entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, I'm just talking I love myself. That. You know I what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Yes. Say it again. Say it again, brother. I am a mogul. Right. I'm right? a mogul in hip hop, entrepreneurship, music, technology, and film. So, you know, I'm like talking this and even some of my goals, like uh, amount of money I want to raise. Like I'm repeating that daily. I have my, um, my, um, whiteboard over right to the right of me where I'm, writing these things down and repeating them. It's kind of what one of the things I got from Think and Grow Rich, where it talks about some of those habits of like highly um, successful men and women. And so those are some of the things that I'm really tapping into daily just to be able to, you know, approach the day with a certain amount of like vigor and passion and, and just to stay focused, even if things, you know, don't go my way or if I'm facing some adversity. Yeah, brother, thank you so much for that, because I think we need to hear more of that on this show where brothers are actually taking the time out to affirm themselves to, to, you know, we hear it all the time. Uh, Mel Robbins talks about manifestation, how we manifest the lives that we want to do. And it's not just saying that I want to have a million dollars, right? I want I want to raise this $10 million uh, seed round, right? I want to do this. You've got to do the work, but you know, the thinking and saying, okay, what are the, I'm going to manifest these next steps in my life. Roy, that, you know, to get to the, the goals that I want to see, that I, I want to have this house. I want my family to be happy. I want to see myself with my children and my my family happy in places where I think that I want to be. I have to manifest that step by step and, and to be able to see myself in these steps. What are the work that I have to do to get to those goals? Seeing myself as a mogul, seeing myself right? Having those checks come to me, seeing, seeing those folks actually working with my products and being very happy about like using healthy hip, the healthy hip hop platform on a regular basis that brings customers in, right? Right. Being able to manifest that on a daily basis. And I love that you say that because we have to, you know, as my father would always say, you have to see it before you can be it. 
And as you said earlier, right, overcoming the fear, because many times we as, as, as brothers haven't seen it. And, I, right. and we are fortunate, and I'm going to end this, we are fortunate in one respect, there's a positivity to social media, is that we can see more examples of us that uh, uh, of us being generationally wealthy, where we're not seeing just ball players or actors, right, or politicians, we're seeing the every man being able to create wealth, whether it's the real estate investor, or the real estate mogul, or, or it's the chef, or it's the clothing designer, all the different things, or it's the, the founder and CEO of healthy hip hop, we can see those more on social media and say, you know, I can ascend to this. How do I manifest this into something moving right. forward? So thank you for sharing that. But I, I, I got to ask you a question and you, you know, you started to expound on it, but brother, what's your revolution? So my revolution is just that healthy hip hop is, is hip hop for children and families. And to go back to your intro, it's like almost like taking hip hop back to its roots, but in a way that's relevant to what's happening right now. So as you mentioned, when hip hop kicked off, like the true foundation of it was like building community. Like we was coming together. This is how, you know, there was a, in New York city at that time, there was a lot of poverty, a lot of drug use, a lot of drug, you know, I mean, et cetera, uh, and a lot of crime. And hip hop was actually one of the vehicles that created community where people came together to dance, to, you know, then, you know, the, the uh, rap and you know beatbox etc so and even if you listen to some of the early music like like you said with public enemy or or uh, it was like self-destruction from krs one and them like it was taught it was actually kicking real game and real knowledge and so there's still some of that happening today but what you're seeing is it kind of took it took a turn to more uh, violence more things that are um well at least mainstream that are really not healthy for, you know, young, young developing children's minds. And so my revolution is to do hip hop for children and families in a way that's relevant and in a way that's really celebrating the culture and taking it back to its roots. Brother, and thank you for the succinctness of that, taking hip hop back to its roots. And, you know, I don't know how old you are. You know, you, you never know. You never know when it comes to a, a man of color, man. You might be 80 years old, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But black don't crack on this show. <laughs> right. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I was talking to my boy James today, and he was like, I'm about to celebrate my birthday. Um, and I was like, how old are you, brother? He was like, I'm 57. Man, this brother looks younger than me, and I think I look young. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But take, you know, so hip, hip hop is, is a part of us. And I love it. I love as we talk about the ideology of, of, of Hitler in its development, in its infancy, that it spoke to community. I, I, before we even dive into healthy hip hop and what it's doing, can you speak to what hip hop has meant to you and your journey as a black man? Right. Well, just what you said, it's been my everything, really. It's like influence how I dress, influence how I speak, you know, it, it pushed me into certain environments and I'm not going to attribute it all to hip hop because there was all this different variables, but it was a key driving force for me. And, uh, and it just like, it spoke to us. That was the language that our hood was speaking. We was like, Hey man, you know, hip hop was like how we communicated. So that's why like, this is so important to me. Yeah, you know, the, the I'm, you know, I keep thinking about, you know, I keep thinking about DJing or air DJing. <laughs> I think about this, Roy. 
Think about this, Air DJ. We, you probably t- too young for this. There was a show called Putting on the Hits when I was growing up, and it was kind of like the first like um, lip syncing show. Okay, and we had it. We actually put a Putting on the Hits at my high school, Green Run High School. Everybody knows that on my show. I talk about Green Run when I can, and we did a uh, Run DMC. Is it Run DMC? No, we did LL Cool J. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess it up, Revolutionaries. I want to say it's Rock the Bells. Yeah, rock um, the bells. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rock, rock the bells. And I was the DJ. I was the air DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I was the air DJ, man. And we had so much fun doing that. And that's how important hip hop was to us. But hip hop, hip hop went through a, a, a transformation. It, it, and I think that you know, and, and maybe I want to talk about that for one second. Where do you see that? I don't want to say that hip hop went wrong. That the genre shifted from being this community-based uh, music that brought us together, because we saw in the '90s and the early 2000s how hip hop was actually uh, divisive. In my opinion, you know, right. it brought d- division in our communities. We saw the East Coast, you know, the, whether it was manufactured or not, whether it was real or not, we saw this 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 beef that was happening between West Coast rappers and East Coast rappers. We saw Tupac getting killed. We saw Biggie getting killed. We saw a lot of violence. You know, why do you think that that happened, that it moved from a community where it was bringing folks together to this divisiveness? Uh, that is a great question. And really, so some there, there there's been some reports of this, and I can't say it's the gospel, but I do think there is some truth to this. And basically some of the powers that be were seeing how influential, how impactful hip hop music was on black and brown communities. And so I believe there was a change. It came around the time when, you know, like NWA was coming out because they stuff was just like, it was straight yeah. hard. Like, and they had a moment, like easy in them. Like you can't, like it was, it was, oh, yeah. it was incredible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's incredible as far as the music, but a lot of the impact was not so incredible. And saying, saying that to wrap it back around is that there is a, t- uh, uh, there is a reports of this meeting that took place of prison owners. And, and, and they basically, the prison execs were meeting with the record execs and they seen like how much that this music was influencing, you know, black and brown communities that if we can push a narrative of, crime, violence, drugs, this is going to improve our pipeline to prison. You know, it's going to get in. And so there was actually some reports of it out there where like the prison execs met with the record execs and they wanted to make sure that they were pushing this narrative to black and brown communities. And so they can continue to up their, you know, pipeline to prison and, and keep that population going. And so I believe that was a part of what happened as like, I think the powers that be did see how influential it was and they wanted to make sure like the mainstream narrative was drugs, violence, killing, you know, us degrading our women because that would play out in our communities to a way like we would embrace that. And that's what we're doing now, even if you do it unconsciously, like even if you just like the, you know, and I was a part of that. So that's why I don't have any judgment because I understand it. But now I'm like, just like you said, now I want to be a part of the change. Like I'm not, I'm not, a part of the old system anymore brother man if 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 those stories are true that is horrible that is that is horrific that is uh, i don't even know if there are adjectives that can actually really characterize like the the treacherous nature of the system 
right? You think you think about this: the war on drugs. You think the war on hip hop. We'll call it the war on hip hop. Right. <clears throat> if that is true, dear brother, that that is that is nefarious at at, at the grandest level. That is evil, right? right? To think about, and and we know, and I know that this is not what this show about, but we know the the amount of money that private prisons actually make in this country. And you think about this that are, that that are that are run run by white supremacist culture, right. and you think about that and the overarching nature that we can influence a culture of people through their music says a lot. One on two sides of this, and this is the this is the psychology, right? What are we doing as a people that we can be influenced so much by our music, right? That right. allows us to be divisiveness, and that folks that, that folks have the ability to see that and say that we are psychologically going to destroy communities. If that is true, we got a right. lot of work to do, right? We still got a lot. Of, we still got a lot of work to do. But but I, I I thank you for sharing that because that then moves us into this conversation. Is if if that is true, if that narrative and hypothesis is true, and that we have a lot of work to do, Roy, you're doing that work. Let's bring in, let's, let's bring in, what is healthy hip hop, right? Let's take it from the top to the bottom. What is healthy hip hop? And then what is healthy hip hop? The application that comes to helping children and families actually be smarter and more intellectual by using healthy hip hop as a means to grow educationally. Right. Well, I think I'm at the perfect place to say this, but healthy hip hop is, it's a revolution. It is, yeah, it is a, a mission to change. Um, Transport to transform a generation of children through hip hop culture and, and infusing that with innovative technology, education and positive attributes. And again, doing it in a way that's culturally relevant to where, OK, like when you hear healthy hip hop, the music, it sounds relevant to what you would hear in the streets or on the radio. But everything is clean and positive for kids, children and families. And the big picture for us is to become an iconic children's brand. So that's why we say like an urban Disney or a, a, a Sesame Street of the 21st century. So that's really mm-hmm. the big picture of it. And then how we use it is like we, t- like we kind of just piggyback off the last part of our conversation is we know hip hop is just, this is the, this is the language that our youth speak, not only just in black and brown communities, but it, it's the language that the youth Everywhere. speak, you know, period. And so we want to activate that voice for good. And, that, and, that, and that's what we're doing. And so, kind of even with the pipeline to prison. Another part of that pipeline to prison is when kids can't read on grade level by third grade, like their percentage of going to, now this is actual fact, the other stuff, like I said, these are stories that are put out there that you can Google and see there was some conversations between the prison execs and that, but some of that is some, there's some speculation. So, you know, I want to put that out there, but this is a fact The pipeline to prison. If kids can't read on grade level by third grade, their chances of going to prison goes up like 80%. And so yes, yes. kids can't read on grade level, but you put on their favorite rap artists, they can go word for word with that, right? At, word for word. At any word age. For word. I still can't go word for word, but they can. Right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a whole new flavor now. Like they like it ain't like when we was kids. Like so and to answer your question from before, so I'm forty or forty one. And so the um we want to get kids as early as possible while those morals are being shaped and say, hey, look. You can yes. still have the flavor of hip hop. You can still have the energy, the sound, the vibe, but but it doesn't have to be stuff that's tearing us down. It could be things that are building us up. Brother, that's 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 
interesting that you say that and like music that lifts us up. And I think about, you know, again, I'm dating, I'm, I'm 50 something and <laughs> <laughs> looking good family. You're looking good. I'm 50 something, right? Yeah. I, I, let's say the sequel to 50. I'm the sequel to 50 at this point in time. Um, but music that lifts us up. I think about Marvin Gaye, my frat brother. Right. And that, that, that music that lifted, lifted us up, that was endearing and that brought us together. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Um, right. I, I'm trying to think of, of, of good music. Um, cameo. Right. You know, things, you know, things that, you know, uh, cool in the gang. Yeah. Everybody's you like, what me? are you talking about? Right. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but music that lifts us up and. Can you give us an example of, 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 of today's genre, right? People are saying, well, you know, like, what is, where can I see healthy hip hop? Because, you know, is it out there? I remember, like, it, when Taleb and Common came out, I was like, oh, this is, we called it conscious hip hop, right. conscious rap. But give us an example of, you know, you know, where we can go look. I know right there's on the platform, but steer folks in a, in a, a paradigm, like, this is what we're, operation defining as healthy hip hop. Right. Well, really what we're defining it as <clears throat> on a high level, just hip hop for children and families. But again, that's still like dope. So typically when you think about like kids music or music that's for children, it's a little bit corny. It's a little watered down. And that was our value. <laughs> pro- yeah. That was our value proposition out the gate is like our music was still like parents is like, man, this is, this is wheels on the bus. This thing is going so hard. Like we ain't, we ain't heard nothing like it. Right. So that was oh, really okay. The, All right. The, yeah. So that was the value proposition is even though it's for kids, like it sound dope and parents was loving it. So historically kids music is like one-sided. Like you'd be like, man, if I got to hear baby shark again, I'm like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Go nuts. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm not knocking baby shark either because baby shark off that one song built like a billion dollar empire. So they did what they were supposed to do. But saying, historically it's been one-sided where parents is like kids like it but parents like man this is whack now it's like we're creating a family experience where parents can can even feel safe too sharing a hip-hop experience with their kids because that's we'll talk about this too also like part part of my origin story why this started is like i want to share hip-hop with my kids but a lot of the times like the stuff i can't i just can't share you know what i mean like the the Mm -hmm. lot of what's going on in the mainstream hip-hop world right now yeah, no, brother, you hit me when you said the wheels on the bus. You got it. There's a hip hop version of the wheels on the bus go round and round. Oh, come on, hey, man. <laughs> slaps, too. It's slapping. <laughs> what? Yeah. I got to hear this. I hear this. Look, revolutionaries, I want you to do, right? Um, how, if, if folks want to hear something, I want to drive them right now. They, can they go to healthy.hiphop and hear something? Yeah. You know? They go, yeah, they go to healthy.hiphop. The music is there and also a link to the app. But even if you go on our YouTube, okay. uh, you can just search our healthy hip hop YouTube channel a lot of stuff is there that you can access easily and one of our main characters is pj panda you can search pj okay. panda so pj is like for healthy hip-hop what mickey was for disney and so that's why i say like the okay. iconic children's brand so we have like an intellectual property we have characters so really like building it an overall like urban disney like a big big brand that's the ultimate vision for us brother uh, and i'm gonna get to that we're gonna spend we're gonna spend the next couple minutes talking about that building a brand and building something that is that is for us by us in one second but that's the interesting thing that you said is that like you're you're taking and i want my revolutionaries to understand something is that 
because I just got it myself. I really, I really just got it. Even with all the homework, I just got it myself that like, that you're creating for children and families, right? Dope hip hop, but around children and families, right? right. So it, it, it's not like your regular hip hop where you go into the club and you go hear, you might hear this in the club. This is some hip hop that you're going to play in your house. And, and mom and dad are like, yo, this is dope. But the kids are like, yo, the wheels on the bus go round and round, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, right. and there's a little, there's a little hip hop beat and the little, yeah, I cannot wait yeah. <laughs> to roll this out, brother. You know what I'm saying? And to think, and to think about that is that that's re- like you said, it's revolutionary because I want to say that we've been listening to Eurocentric, right? Children's right. R- nursery rhymes and different things. And, and that's how we, we see things on TV. And, um, I'm trying to think of something that we, you know, that we got that children and families got into, but really children couldn't get it. it was like Boondocks, right? Boondocks had a hip hop feel to it, a right. tremendous hip hop feel, but it wasn't for children, right? It was a, it was, it wasn't for children. But pulling that back, Roy, like to have that opportunity to have a main character who then is is, is spouting out healthy versions or healthy quips of hip hop and learning is revolutionary. It's taking it to the next, not even the next level. It is, it is moving the bar, creating its own category. Because I know you, as an entrepreneur, we talk about really, ex, it, it, what does it mean when we create a category of our own that we're right. driving folks to us because they've never seen it before? That's the wonderful thing. That's the wonderful thing. I cannot wait. So, folks, revolutionaries, go to healthy.hiphop. Uh, check out the works. Uh, you can check out the app. This brother is actually killing the game, but I want to I want to really do a double tap on what you said that we're building an urban Disney, an urban brand created for us by us. This is where I, this is where my love gets in, Roy, about building something that we haven't had. Talk about that, right? What does it mean? And, I, and it's probably going to ask you to go to your backstory, right, to bring a little bit of that into. But when you're saying you're creating an urban Disney, right, you're disrupting something that has been there for 50, 60, 70, almost 100 years now. Talk about that. What is like creating something that is going to be disruptive to what's been out there already? Right. Well, it's it's been uh, hyper challenging. Right. But I guess, you know, like they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. It just takes time. It takes resilience uh, and it takes real like commitment and passion. And so. For me, it's a, it's a lifestyle. And and just like you said, for us, by us, if you look at just historically, just like the um, the fabric of America, like how America was founded, majority of it was not in our favor. Right. And so that goes from, you know, content that goes from like a uh, health care system that goes to like we talk the pipeline of prison, you name it, like finance, access to capital, like financial resources, because historically, Wealth was built in America on, you know, real estate and education, which we were blocked from. So won't get too long winded. But bottom line is all these systems were really not built with us in mind. So for us to be able to to really kind of create our own lane and and do things that are relevant to the culture that is going to uplift our culture. And also I was just talking about this with my wife. Uh, Everything in like entertainment period is really what like drives us like we are so like us as humans like we talk about the music and we, we talk about films like this is like what really shapes our thoughts you know we're, we're so that's why you have to really be 
what we talked about earlier, all this lines up, have to be strong in your own personal commitment to I'm going to grow by reading, you know, praying, meditating, you know, fat, whatever it is, fasting, any, all these things you do, you have to really be committed to that because our mind is so easily influenced. And, and you know, yeah. uh, you know, as, a, as the doc, just how influential, influential this is on our psychology. So we want to put positive images in front of our kids as early as possible with the representation and with the swag, but it's still like, okay, it's, it's, it's clean though. Like, like I said, you can right. still have that energy and swag of hip hop, but it ain't got to be, I'm about to tear this. Uh, I ain't, you know, it's, it can be, okay, I got yeah, the swag yeah, energy. Yeah, I'm, not but, to break that, I'm not trying to break this down. Right, right. So that that's what it's like. It's, it's been really challenging, but it's been really fulfilling. Like every day I get up, just I'm passionate about this. I love what I'm doing and I'm not going to, and you know, as a journey as an entrepreneur, like some days I wake up like, hey, man, can't nobody stop Let's me. I'm running through a brick wall. And then the next day you wake up like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> but I, I definitely understand what that feels like, you know, to 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 walk through these big rolls. Uh, you know, most days I'm like, you know, I, I got a sledgehammer with what's your revolution engraved on it, you know, so I can break down yeah. these I can break down these brick walls. But I think what, what I want to hear you talk about is like the creation of this brand, like what's the backstory? How did you, right? Because most people don't know, right? What was the creation or what was the, the catalyst? What was the, the impetus for, I need to create something that is going to disrupt what's been happening. Right. So really the catalyst for this was, was my son. And this is more backstory. I've never really talked about is like, I, I, I so I came up in, a broken home. My pops was, I knew him. I, I'm grateful now that I know him, but we just had, didn't have a, it wasn't a strong relationship. And, but what he did show me was music. And that's why I really gravitated towards music. But I kind of, I came up in a broken home and I, and I always like, you know, whenever I have children, I want to make sure that I can do my best to be present and to provide a family for them and to, you know, give them a solid foundation. And so I had my son when I was really young, I was 23 and I was deep in my rap stuff. So I was in Kansas City. I was Mac James. You know, I was deep in like you talking about some it was some it was some goon tunes for it was like real hardcore rap. <laughs> <laughs> so I called it goon tunes. He was like out there. Goon tunes, boy. Oh, my God. It was bad. And so I was deep in that because that's what I love. Like you said, I grew up on the same thing. talking about NWA and actually and in yeah, Kansas yeah. City. As weird as it is, we like really love underground Bay Area music. So it was like a lot of like gangster music. And so that's mm-hmm. what I gravitated towards. So I'm in the streets of Kansas City. I'm talking about I'm, I'm with the drug kingpins. I'm with the shooters. I'm with the I'm just in these crowds. And I'm not even mm-hmm. that yeah, kind of guy. I'm with right. actually a good kid who plays sports, but it just could really rap. So I'm in them circles and I'm going hard. And then I had my son, and he was probably about three at the time. So I was like 26 and uh, 20, about to be 27. He's like three or four. I'm picking him up from school. And, you know, I was just back. I'm in my I'm in my mode. I was just fully in Matt James mode. And when I picked him up from school, I noticed him repeating my music. And so, he, I mean, he was repeating the music that was promoting drugs, violence, et cetera. And so in that moment, this was a God moment for me also. I, I just looked at him. Mm. I immediately turned the music off. And at that time, I was even smoking. I think I had a cigar. I had like a black amount. 
Dude, I, I'm saying I, I was, I was, you, was were, wild, you were all in, bro. You were all in. Black him out with my son in the car. So I threw the black him out at the window. I turned the music off. I was just like, I can't be this kind of influence on my son. And I just reflected on how influential hip hop was on me. And so that was like the catalyst that was seeing my son and knowing I had to do something yeah. different for him. And so at that point, I completely gave up rap and, and, and I was just starting a little bit getting my word. I always believed, but I just wasn't really active with my faith. So I was like, I'm going to start getting in my word. And so I immediately stopped rapping. And so all my guys in KC was like, bro, what you, what you mean? We was at the height Black. of the group. Like, right, exactly. What you doing, fam? Like, we out here. I'm like, nah. So I was like, man, I made a commitment. If it's not about my, my wife, my children, I just can't be involved. Well, I wasn't married at that point, so I ended up getting married shortly after. But I was like, if it's not about my kids, then it eventually changed my mindset to where I wanted to create my family, marry my wife. And so um mm. was really committed to that. And that was the catalyst. And so that's what inspired me to create some positive. Like, well, why ain't nothing out? I was checking around, like you talk about listening around. Like yeah. it was really at especially at that time, it's changed quite a bit now, which I'm excited about. But at that time, this was around like twenty to 2008 2009 there wasn't really i was checking around with no, no hip-hop for kids out there like that was a lot of like i said it was just whack it was corny not not judging anybody but it just wasn't it's nothing i would listen to so i said let me start that so that was the catalyst started with the music and i created this 10 disc album with my son on the cd cover and everybody wow. was like and this is like really dope and so that that was kind of where it started and then it evolved a lot since then Brother, brother, there's so much. There's so much in that. And I talk so much on this show about revolting and evolving into who you want to be. And it's interesting. There's a catalyst. There's always something that says, you know what? I need to answer this question. I need I, I need to figure out what my revolution is. Right. There's there's something that there's this cataclysmic event. Right. I always say this. Right. That That, that is going to make you change. And it's interesting sitting in the car with your son. And, you know, you would think you would think that, hey, my son is dope. Like, and it's my lyrics. Right. You know what I'm saying? My son is spitting my lyrics. He, look, he, look, he ain't spitting LL Cool J or Migos or whoever's out there these days. He's spitting my lyrics. And then you realize, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Because all, all, oftentimes our ears are, are, are misattuned. And I don't even know if that's a room, but misattuned. Where we lose. They become um, numb. It's not even the word that I want to say. It. Uh, they become deaf to what else is out there, right? right. Because we hear them so much, you know, we become tone deaf. We've been saying the same words over and over again, and they lose meaning, right? They become sanitized to us. Right. And all of a sudden, but what happens is that the brain wakes up, right? Here's Dr. Corbett talking, because we hear it from someone else, right? We hear it from someone that is very meaningful to us, our son, right? Wait a minute. My son just cursed. Right, I don't know. I'm assuming that your son was probably four, five, six, seven at, at the time, right? Right. My son is 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 quoting lyrics that are adult lyrics. Do I want my son to actually be somewhere else without me spouting off and like, where'd you hear that? I heard that from my dad. That's my dad, <laughs> right? My dad is a rap star. That's my dad. And you're like, wait, no. Revolting and involving usually takes some sort of event you had that event right and i'm assuming you had that event one day he was in a car y'all in the car together y'all were rolling like you said threw the black and mild out and you had to evolve into something else for him to see 
here's the question right now. That's right. That I think about it. How does your son view you right now? How old is your son? And how old? Is, how does your son view you right now? Yeah. So Justice is now he's 18. Uh, he's a senior. He's a senior in high school. This is a senior year. And uh, yeah. And he's like looks at me like, wow. Like, you know, what I mean, like I, I can do this. I, I like entrepreneurship and like starting your business and doing something you're passionate about. Um, and we just have a really strong relationship and, and a bond where I'm trying to do my best. So I was, we were just talking about this yesterday. Matter of fact, uh, it's a senior year. He's getting ready for high school. He's starting to get some acceptance letters. And I'm just like, you know, just trying to encourage him to say, cause he's such a sharp kid to where he's just excelling naturally without a lot of effort. But I'm trying to encourage, I'm trying to light that fire, like son, you got to go above and beyond. And I'm kind of, you know, trying to, like you said, show him that. So he's seeing, like, okay, this yeah. is possible. Uh, but over there, he's just like, he's excited to the fact also. So in Kansas City, like, I'll never to my home, but I'm pretty like for Kansas City history, like rap music, which is not a really big <laughs> scene, you know, but they know about Mac James to chop it up. And so when he was in KC, like, it was like, man, you know, well, my dad was Mac James. Like everybody, they show respect and love, especially now to right. see, I basically, like you said, I've done a 180 with my life. And so I, I, I try to always encourage him, let him know, like, listen, you're the reason for this. My family is the reason for yeah. this. And want to use that as the revolution for my family, like to, mm. Hey, we, we, we creating a revolution here to where we can continue to do great things and continue to like, I was telling my wife yesterday, like we're going into uncharted territories for both of our families. Like we, we, this is stuff that we haven't seen or done. So now we can be the ones that actually put it on full display and execute. Yeah, brother. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, and you think about like you said, Mac James, huh? Mac, yeah. Mac James. I, I, look, <laughs> I gotta go. You gotta, you gotta direct me so I can, I can go back and hear some old yeah, stuff. Some of the old Where stuff can I hit it's, some? Mac, it's Mac with two C's. So it may CC James. I mean, we was really, it was, it was, it was a wild time. That's all I, can I cannot, say. I cannot, I wait, but I, I love that because also we talk about here is that your revolution is not just for you, right? When you thought about it, revolting and evolving into being something bigger and better than you were at the time you also knew that this revolution that you were going through was for your son right but your son what you were doing for your son at the time also meant that you were going to have the ability to have an impact on a larger group of people children and families that are saying hey i can teach them right we can learn our children can learn because music is a part of who we are we are an african you know, we are an african we are africans movement and rhythm are a part of who we are think about that right and then think about if we can learn right through our music through through a genre that has been created by us think about that right a genre that has been created by us and then now using it as a means to increase our intellect and intelligence and our ability to write foster community with each other through through this means in a manner that yeah I, I can turn it on and like the whole family's like the wheels on the bus go <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know that, that i think that's what i love about this more that is that your revolution is not just for you and i i say that all the time revolutionaries is that when you're creating something it must be bigger than you it must be bigger than you and then when folks see like wait a minute wow you're a different person wow, you're, you're a different person and you're doing something that is bigger than you. And I'm impacted by this. I'm impacted by this. Like, thank you. Thank you for being revolutionary. You know? So I, I love that. Our, our time is getting short, dear brother, but I want to ask this question because, you know, uh, I love to have entrepreneurs right on, on the show. 
because I want to ask this of you. If you had one, two, three pieces of advice to give to budding entrepreneurs, what would it be? What would you say to them? Like, I, I got this idea and I think it's really good. What would you say to them? I would say just go. Just go and do it and start doing the uh, the small things you can. Right? So, so put together a plan and start executing small things to get there. And I would say don't be in a rush. A lot of people like lose your job. So I was <clears throat> working at Blue Cross and Blue Shield until I kind of got pushed out due to some the politics always seem to push me out, but uh, but I was working at Blue Cross and using those funds, you know, using that to help fund my yeah. business and being. So when I first started the organization, uh, they were actually funding some of this stuff through like uh, they had different uh, community wellness things they were doing for like kids, health and education. So I was really kind of maximizing that. So I would say start start now, start small, uh, just have r- ridiculously big dreams, but then scale it back. And then how are you going, you know, put the plan together to get there and just, just go, man. Just don't, don't second guess yourself. Just go. And lastly, like surround yourself with good people who have, you know, been there, done that. And that can really kind of assist on your journey. And that was, that was multiple things, but <laughs> no, that's what, that's, that's what, that's what I wanted because it, the, the, it, it all fits into this, right? You have to think about, one of the, you have to think about who you're involving in your life. And we talk about this. Who's your midwife? Who's going to help you bring out your dreams and surrounding you with folks, right? And it's interesting. I saw a graph, you know, success is, you know, when you're on the, when you're on the graph and everybody, everybody else is taller than you on the graph. Like, Pete, you should surround yourself with people who are smarter than you that know more than you, right? Because if you're the smartest person in the group, you need to, you know, the old adage is you need to change that group because you're not learning. You're not growing. Right. And surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs, surrounding yourself with people who, you know, are of like mind and of different mind. Because what happens is when you bring diversity of minds into play, you grow even faster. If you're open minded to that, closed minded folks don't allow themselves to grow. That's why, we, you know, we're seeing what's happening in our country. But as entrepreneurs, being able to sit and immerse, like you think about, you know, Pharrell's Black Ambition, right? And, and what they're doing. And this brother, I, I just want to give you your flowers. This brother just stepped up and pitched and won a large sum of money, right? Literally gave a three-minute pitch about what he was doing. And somebody said, you know what? Boom, we're going to fund you. Learn how – Look, and let me say this right now. Learn how to tell your story very quickly and very succinctly, right? When you know how to do that, you can get people in the room. If you are all over the place and you don't know how to tell your story – What's Your Revolution is a show for men and the people who love them, where we talk about how you can revolutionize yourself mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. That's what we do. 150 shows, 50,000 listens, top 10% podcasts in the world, period. That's what we are. Talk about it succinctly, right? And bring folks in and say, oh, I want to I, I know more about this. That's what this brother did. When you can surround yourself with good folks, that's the key. Bring I was gonna say, bring I was gonna say one other thing too is um not only that but like also now more than ever um, there's like all these opportunities for for entrepreneurs especially black entrepreneurs um, really get acclimated in your in your local ecosystem because you're gonna yes. discover a whole bunch of opportunities for stuff like we did like the grants uh, pitch competitions try to find as much of the early stage funding you can in your local ecosystem because a, a lot of that exists now. 
Yeah, and that's that's the thing. That that is the thing. You know, I, I have to give a shout out to Brother George Floyd. He opened up a lot of a lot of dollars. You know, a lot of dollars, and you hate to see that one death. But sometimes, sometimes martyrdom has you know martyrdom can open up a lot of things. And God rest your soul, dear brother. Um, but in the wake of your death, many people open their eyes to say, hey, we need to start doing something to make sure that black and brown folks, uh, the doors are open for them. So I'm, I'm very blessed uh, for that brother's life and, and what he was able to do. Dear brother, I thank you for your time. And I, look, brothers and sisters, revolutionaries, go out and check out healthy.hiphop. Right. Google understand who Roy Scott is. If you got dollars in your pocket. Right. Let me give it. Let me give it. If you got dollars in your pocket, sizable dollars, donate to what this brother's doing. Right. Look for look for look for ways to help him out and provide funding, as we say, uh, you know, time, treasure and talent to healthy hip hop and, and make his way. He's doing good things. He'll tell you he got contracts all over the country with some of the largest school, largest school districts in the country doing good who have bought in to say we want to bring healthy hip-hop into our educational spaces brother it was a, a, a joy to meet you a couple of weeks ago i was enamored with your ability to get up and say you know what this is who i am this is what i do and this is why i need you right that was a wonderful thing to see this brother step on stage very very quickly because as you said earlier on you got to get over your fear you got to get over the fear and, and, and if you have your faith you can walk you walk in faith not in fear so, brother, thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. And revolutionaries, as I talk to you, you know, you know that I love you, and I want you to be able to answer what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? You know that we're here for you. We're ready for you to move through this space, right? Revolt and evolve into the person that you want to be. And remember, remember, always, always be becoming something greater than yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Brother Roy, we appreciate you, brother. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. What's good, brother? What's good? What's good? No, no worries. No worries, brother. Peace, everyone. What's good, brother? What's good, brother? Man, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Say it again. Say it again, brother. I am a mogul. Right. I'm right. a mogul in hip-hop, entrepreneurship, music, technology, and film. So, you know, I'm like talking this and even some of my goals, like uh, amount of money I want to raise. Like I'm repeating that daily. I have my uh, my uh, whiteboard over right to the right of me where I'm writing these things down and repeating them. It's kind of what one of the things I got from Thinking Grow Rich where it talks about some of those habits of like highly um, successful men and women. Now, more than ever, um, there's like all these opportunities for, for entrepreneurs, especially black entrepreneurs, um, really get acclimated in your, in your local ecosystem because you're going to discover a whole bunch of opportunities for stuff like we did, like the grants, uh, pitch competitions, try to find as much of the early stage funding you can in your local ecosystem because a lot of that exists now. Right now, I'm well. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on point, and I'm just in tune with God, and I'm really thankful right now. You know, I'm blessed by the best. I'm walking into a glorious destiny. Um, I talk about how the Lord has blessed us with a spirit of love and power of a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. And I love that. I love that. What's good, Rebel? What's good, Rebel? What's good, Rebel?